Well, you know what I think. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to deny that. I do want everyone to feel comfortable. That's why I'd like to talk to you about Jesus. Please do not go religious. Somebody's going to hell over there. He better not. Even the devil will speak the truth for, for his own purposes. This is war. Accept it. Back to Jerusalem podcast. Yeah, I'm back and I'm armed with righteousness. With your host, Eugene Bach. He just seems like he's got it all figured out. He's a righteous dude. Yep. Hello and welcome to another Back to Jerusalem podcast. I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time, and I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Dubai. Now, I have to apologize for the quality. I mean, not like the quality for the Back to Jerusalem podcast is ever really great, but this one is going to be probably especially atrocious. We'll see. Um, The challenge that I have right now is I'm always doing the recording on my phone, right? Well, My phone has this USB-C connector, like most phones out there that were made in the last couple of years. And so without an adapter for my mic, I can't connect my mic. Well, I have the mic. I don't have the stupid adapter. So I'm doing a raw recording just with my phone without the little mic that I often use and I put on my lapel to make sure that I'm always the same distance away from the mic. And even though I'm always doing the recording with my phone and I'm always using a free uh, recording program, so I never pay money for any really special software. I probably should. But because this phone that I have right now is broken, well, it's not broken, it's busted, right? I don't know how many people are listening to this podcast walking around with a busted screen on their phone, but I have for a while. I hate it. It's annoying, but I don't want to switch phones. Anyway, this podcast is a special podcast. It has to do a lot with where I'm at right now. Guys, if you are sick of sitting at home, if you are ready to travel somewhere, if you are ready to take your family on a vacation somewhere you've never been before, I really feel that you should be looking at Dubai. Dubai has so much to do for the family and it's a Muslim country where you have an opportunity to share with those that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. The thing is, is that Arabs that live in the area and even non-Arabs, but Muslim Asians uh, spend a lot of time in Dubai. So people from uh, other parts of UAE, Saudi Arabia, Iraq, Iran, Oman, uh, individuals from Sri Lanka, India, Bangladesh, Indonesia, Malaysia, all of these guys look at Dubai as kind of this area where they can go and have their holiday. The reason why is Dubai has come up with special rules that allow um, Westerners to not have to worry about the draconian Muslim laws that they would have to face in other countries. It's the only way that UAE in the Middle East was able to develop, right? Because, I mean, they needed the expertise of pilots. They needed the expertise of air traffic control. They needed the expertise of oil drillers. They needed the expertise of individuals who knew how to come in and build skyscraper buildings. None of that has existed in Arab nations. Something about the Muslim faith makes people study more about Sharia and the Quran than it does of any other uh, discipline. 
So you don't really have, you know, a lot of investment in maths and sciences. And of course, you'll probably hear those defenders and say, no, it was actually the, the, the Arabs, the Muslims that invented algebra. It was actually the Muslims that invented medicine. Not true. Let me tell you why it's not true. It's not true because when Islam rose as a religion, it came out of a nomadic tribe out of Saudi Arabia. And the nomadic tribe was really good at war and nothing else. And they ended up taking over cultures and groups and nations and peoples that were very well educated. And then they used that education to enrich themselves. But after a while, that education died out because Islam is not cohesive for scientific, mathematical, medical um, studies. It just, it just isn't. That's why you don't have any major... That's why if you graduate high school in Saudi Arabia, you get your butt out of the country and you go to another nation and you study at a university, preferably in a Christian nation or a historically Christian nation so that you can get a good education and the government will actually pay for that. So when you see the breakthroughs for medicine, when you see the breakthroughs for astro astronomy, when you see the breakthroughs for sciences and maths come from today nation that are, or nations that are today Muslim, those breakthroughs came through as residual occupation, meaning that the people that they occupied had residual knowledge and professions that bled over into other generations, but residually it got weaker and weaker. So with each succeeding generation, those that were strong in math, science, astronomy, medicine, each generation got worse and worse. While in Christian nations, Jewish nations, where Jewish people were given freedom, those things got better and better. That's why all of the major universities are today basically out of foundational educational institutes that started as mission training facilities or um, institutions that taught about theology or God or... It, Following after God, and I've done this in other podcasts, you can go back to our archives and find these. You will find that our God is, a, is, is the God of freedom of speech. Our God is the God of freedom of thought. Our God is the God of freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. God is not a God of rules. He's not a God that comes down and stifles your thoughts, your fun, your ideas. He actually gives them life because he is the God of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He doesn't just have these characteristics. He is these characteristics. And without him, you do not have 
these characteristics. So without God, you do not have the truth. Without God, you do not have love because 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says God is love. So it's, I've done this many times and I'm kind of rehashing, but I know that there may be some people listening to this podcast that you've never heard our podcast before. So I just wanted to share that um, the, the, more, the deeper you go into Islam, the further away you are from the God of truth the God of knowledge, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, of the nine gifts of the Spirit, the, 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 of the nine gifts is wisdom and knowledge. You don't have these gifts without the Father. Even if you don't believe in God, you can benefit from a society that is founded on His principles. And therefore, that we can, we can see institutions in areas like Massachusetts, like in England, like in Sweden, like in France, like in Italy, where we have the, the, the foundation of Christian culture providing the freedoms that still echo today. But those education facilities actually become more and more choked in their ability to actually provide tangible research that benefits mankind the more they step away from God. And even though you may say, well, these these institutions are so liberal today. These institutions are, are so godless today. You might say that, but are they more godless than in Saudi Arabia, than in Iran, than in China, than in North Korea? That's why you are seeing those institutions struggle on being able to teach their students basic applications of science, math, medicine. Because they don't have the truth, capital T. But the, the more you move away from communism, the more you move away from Islam, the more you move away from Hinduism, the more you move away from Buddhism, the more you are able to embrace this practical knowledge. The further away you move from God, the less capable you are to obtain this knowledge. The closer you come to God, the closer you are to this knowledge that benefits mankind. I believe that all healing comes from God. All healing comes from God. That means that even when I go to the hospital, that healing that I get from a, a physician that is working on me, that, that information, that knowledge has been passed to that physician through Christians. Now, there have been those that have done medical breakthroughs like in ancient Greece, like in ancient China, like in ancient Asia, and even in the Middle East. And their findings from long ago has bled over until today. So there are foundational bedrocks that we still use in medicine today that were rooted in those cultures. But that was when they were further away from their indigenous religions and closer to the true religion of following God, even if they did not have a label to put onto it like Judaism or Christianity. That may not make a lot of sense for this podcast, but that's not the purpose of this podcast. I've taken a little bit longer than I've wanted to just to tell you the, the, the beauty of Dubai is that Dubai has been specifically put together in a way that welcomes the nation so that they can come and benefit the Islamic nations because the Islamic nations are poor in everything. They're poor in medicine. They're poor in education. They're poor in scientific breakthroughs. Right now, 
We're in the middle, I'm doing this recording right now in February of 2021. We are in the middle of a pandemic, the coronavirus. It's been going on since last year, knee deep in it. Let me ask you a question just to put everything into perspective. And this might hurt some feelings. If you listen to the Back to Jerusalem podcast, you're going to get your feelings hurt from time to time. That I can promise. We sacrifice some holy cows on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. This is one of them. This is not politically correct. And I would get absolutely annihilated, slaughtered on mainstream media if this ever were to come back to to evaluate my personality as a person in today's media, I would be considered to be a xenophobe. A xenophobe for what? I don't know. Because I mean, Christians are made up of all different races and nationalities. But the thing that you have learned, I'm just going to ask this really simple question because maybe you don't agree with me. Maybe you don't agree that going deeper into Islam actually makes you dumber. Maybe you don't agree. Maybe you think that's a shocking claim. You shouldn't say that because it's an, it, it, it puts down other religions. Well, that's because Christ is the only way. And I'm not really trying to make you know, a political uh, embracement of any other group so that they will accept me. Let me ask a simple question. In this pandemic, we are waiting for a vaccine. How many of those vaccines are coming from the Middle East? How many countries that follow Islam is the world waiting with breath baited for a vaccine? You think the, you think the world is waiting for a vaccine to come out of Turkey, Malaysia? Iraq, Iran, Somalia, Sudan. You think any of those nations are going to be producing a vaccine? Not that I'm going to put in my arm. Did you know that China actually produced a vaccine last year? They already had it going by the summer of 2020. The first nation to really get a vaccine out there and submitted it to the WHO was Russia. Do you, do you think that anybody wanted to take the Russian vaccine? Nope. Most people don't even know the vaccine existed last year. Most people don't know that Dubai, UAE, Brazil, bought millions of the vaccine from China. <laughs> and, and then they realize that you're more likely to actually get sick with the virus by taking the Chinese vaccine than not taking a vaccine at all. Why? Because Chinese are not as smart as Germans? Because Saudis are not as smart as Americans? Because Somalians are not as smart as Canadians? No. It's because their religion prohibits them from thinking in a grand way. Their religion makes them dumber. It's not, just the, it's not just Islam. How many people listening to this podcast, wherever you're at right now, do you think that anybody listening to this podcast is waiting for a vaccine to come from Bhutan, 
Tibet, Nepal? No. Buddhist nations do not provide scientific breakthroughs. Hindu nations do not provide scientific breakthrough. Communist nations or atheist nations do not provide scientific breakthrough. If they did, don't you think North Korea would be doing a lot better than South Korea? South Korea, for the majority of the population, actually are Christians. The largest church in the world is in South Korea. Churches aren't allowed in North Korea. North Korea embraces science. South Korea embraces God. Guess which nation has better science? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. What things? All things. Education, academics, science. Whenever we follow after God, he opens up our mind. What do you think some of the most beautiful art? People love um, K-pop. Why do you think North Koreans are going to death camps right now today because they watched a South Korean soap opera? God blesses his people in so many different ways. I tell you, one nation that is making a breakthrough and population-wise they shouldn't be, Israel. Israel following after the one true God. Now, I know there's going to be a lot of people that are going to go ape Listening to this podcast saying, well, no, they're Jews. They don't, they don't believe in Jesus. No, they don't. But they have the bedrock of the Old Testament. Oftentimes as Christians, we make the mistake of believing that the New Testament is superior to the Old Testament, and it is not. makes me so infuriated when I'm watching pastors on TV justifying the Bible to some mainstream media reporter. And, and when the mainstream media reporter starts to talk about a, a, an angry God of the Old Testament or a, a, a God that kills, that, that requires you to kill homosexuals or a, a God that brings on disasters in his anger onto people, there is this knee-jerk reaction by weak-minded Christians that try to cling to the New Testament and say, well, that was the Old Testament. We now live in a new covenant as if that everything in the Old Testament is no longer applicable. But I tell you, my, my good friend, uh, Rabbi Miles Weiss, told me this. Whenever he gets a Bible, he always circumcises his Bible. As a good Jew, he circumcises his Bible. He says, I circumcise my Bible and I cut out that white page in between Malachi and Matthew because it's one continuous love story of one single God. That God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. There's no difference between the Old Testament God and the New Testament God. Jesus was alive in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus and the Father are inseparable. They are not two entities that one phased out and one phased in. One was mean and angry and the other one's loving and nice. God has always been merciful, so merciful that the God of the Old Testament gave his son to die for us so that we would have the choice to reject him and to reject his sacrifice. That is a God of love. That is a God of mercy. That is a God of compassion in the Old Testament. You want proof? Go to 
Israel, and you will find a nation that is full of love and mercy in contrast with all of its neighbors that want Israel dead. Right now today, Israel has more PhDs per capita than any other nation on earth. And they have been leading the way on providing a vaccine for the coronavirus. So the closer we are to God, the more he enlightens us. The further we are away from him, the more in dark we live. And when I say dark, I'm not just talking about spiritual darkness. I'm talking about intellectual darkness. I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about the joy of your life being sucked out kind of darkness. So Dubai, Abu Dhabi, these areas in the Middle East, what they do is they move away from Islam. And the more they move away from Islam, the more freedom that they have. And everybody loves that freedom. So if you take your family to Dubai, you get a chance to connect with those that are trying to escape the stifling suffering of their own nation in the Middle East, even if their own nation is covered in money like Saudi Arabia. You may have a lot of money living in Saudi Arabia just because you get a lot of oil revenue, but your life sucks. You can't go out water skiing if you're a female. You can't go driving a vehicle in, in Riyadh. You can't go, you know, uh, listening to the music that you want to listen to or listening to uh, watching the movies that you want to watch in a nation that is controlled by Islam. You have to spend all these different days going to an, a mosque that you may not even want to go to, but because you're born in that nation, you are obligated as a citizen or else you die. It's kind of a good way to get people to go to the mosque, right? Go or not. You don't have to. You'll just die. So these guys to get away, to let their hair down, literally, they go to Dubai. And you and your family can come in contact with them. And many of them are open. I mean, remember, they're going to Dubai to get away from religion. To get away from Islam. To make money. To have fun. To learn about the world. And you can be a part of that experience. It's not just Dubai. There's a neighboring country, Bahrain. Since September 4th of 2020... Most travelers that are listening to this podcast are probably going to be permitted to get a visa up on arrival in Bahrain because Bahrain needs visitors. And there, right now you have the inconvenience of having to um, stay in the country longer than 10 days because you have to go in quarantine. But it's not just Bahrain. There are countries in Asia as well, like Bangladesh, Cambodia, nations in Africa, like the Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo. Now, I'm not mentioning Seychelles, right? I'm not saying that this is Bali. I'm not saying that you want to take your wife and go have a margarita by the pool with umbrellas you know, blocking you from the sun for part of the day so you don't get burnt. I'm not talking about that kind of vacation. I'm talking about right now, if you are a believer that is ready to get on a plane and go preach the gospel, there are nations that are open. You can go to backtojerusalem.com right now. We have an article that's called 16 Unreached Nations that are open right now for you to travel to. 
So if you go to backtojerusalem.com, you can learn about these 16 nations and what you need. Now, it's not a complete exhaustive manual. If you see a country that's on this list, I highly advise you to go and do your own research. Do not just jump on a plane and travel to those nations because we recommended them. Remember, we are living in a time of coronavirus and the laws are changing every day for immigration into these different nations. But the Emirates is at the top of the list. I would say that this is the golden egg. Dubai, Abu Dhabi are wide open for travel. There is simply no easier nation on earth right now, in my opinion, to travel to than the UAE. Now, you have to take a PCR test 72 hours prior to departure. I did that. And guys, I'm telling you right now, there was more difficulty getting out of the U.S. than there was arriving in Dubai. When I was leaving the United States, I boarded the plane in uh, Bozeman, Montana. In Bozeman, Montana, I flew to Atlanta. In Atlanta, I had to take another PCR test. Took me about 10, 20 minutes. It was a super inconvenience. Almost missed my flight. My flight connection was actually early arriving into Atlanta. But by the time I was released from my second mandatory PCR test done at the airport, in addition to the one that I already had to have before I even boarded the plane in Bozeman, um, it, it took me like 10, 20 minutes, but I also had to go through different stations. By the time I was ready to board, they had already started to board the final passengers. So I barely made that flight and my flight arrived early. And if I had not arrived early, I would not have had enough time to take the test there at the Atlanta airport. So they gave me the test right there at the Atlanta airport. It was just a quick swab of the nasal cavity. And then I went and I had to sit in a chair that was isolated from everybody else. And then I got my number called. I was told I didn't have the disease. I was given this little piece of paper, stamped my name and information. Then I had to go to another channel, give her my paper. She approved it. I was allowed to leave the waiting room. Then I had to go to the boarding gate. At the boarding gate, they checked for both my PCR test, the one that I took prior, 72 hours prior to me boarding the plane, flying to Dubai. And then they wanted to check the one that I took prior to boarding my Delta flight to Amsterdam. Once I got to Amsterdam, I had to then go through several other news stations. Now, again, I don't believe any of this was put in place by Dubai, but by the nations that actually administered them. So the reason I was having a problem leaving America was not because of Dubai's requirements, but because of America's requirements just to get out of the stinking country and get on a plane. Then when I got to Amsterdam, had to go through the same thing. I had to go through these different stations where they took my temperature. I had to fill out some paperwork. I had to go to a booth, answer some questions. Took me about 20 minutes waiting in line as well. Uh, there weren't many people. I arrived early in the morning. From there, I went from Amsterdam to Dubai. Dubai was fast streamed. Got off the airplane. As soon as I got off the airplane, there was somebody that wanted to check my PCR test. Showed them my PCR test with my open passport. Took less than five seconds. They glanced at it and I just kept on walking. Barely paused for them to see it. Then because I'm registered with the smart channel, go through the smart channel. Took me without exaggeration, 10 to 15 minutes to get from the plane to the taxi in Dubai. They didn't ask me one question in Dubai. They didn't ask me where I was staying. They didn't ask me if I had been sick. They didn't ask me to fill out any paperwork. They didn't ask for my PCR test outside of the, the guy that just checked as soon as I got off the plane. 
nothing. I was told that I would have to download an app when I arrived in Amsterdam. The Amsterdam authorities told me I would have to download a Dubai app that would keep track of me and I might be tested when I arrive in Dubai. None of that happened. Might change, but none of that happened. One of the reasons I went to Dubai was because of the UFC. Now, I don't know if you ever watched the UFC, but the UFC, which is the ultimate fighting championship, was supposed to have one of their big ultimate fighting championships in Australia. But because of the coronavirus, that fight was canceled. And because that fight was canceled, the UFC had a choice. Either we don't do the championship and none of these fighters actually get a chance to fight or... We find a place that will allow us to host the UFC. And they did. The UFC was able to host their fight in Abu Dhabi in an arena that held 2,500 people live. So there was a live fight, UFC, 2,500 people watching live. Many of them flew in from other nations into Abu Dhabi, had an amazing time. It was on a place called Fight Island, a little small island where Abu Dhabi allowed this UFC championship to take place. Now that is now dubbed Fight Island. And the people were, and that was this month. So this has been extremely exciting. This is a Muslim country with individuals who never heard the gospel before going there on a regular basis. And you, as a believer, have an obligation to bring the gospel to them, either by sending people or by going yourself. John Piper put it best. He said, when it comes to missions, you only have three options. Go, send, or disobey. I, too, believe that you only have three options when it comes to missions. Go, send, or or disobey. Right now, when you look at the, the nations that are available to travel into, most of the traditional Christian nations have been closed. Try to fly to the EU right now from America. If you don't have a proper reason, you can't go. They're not taking visitors. If you're listening to this from the EU, try to jump on a plane and fly to America. It's not easy right now to get visas. Why? Because these nations are closed. It's, I mean, Canada doesn't want me. If I try to fly to Canada right now, pff, they'll kick me off the plane. Can't go. What if God is shaking everything that can be shaken? What if God is closing off countries that no longer need another demonstration of the gospel message and opening up nations that have never before heard his word? What if we are living in the last days and we are getting closer to the return of the Messiah and the fulfillment of Matthew 24, 14, where Jesus told his disciples, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the nations and then the end will come. What if the end is about to come and the gospel needs to be preached to all the nations? But the church has been focused on the wrong areas. Do you feel like the mission strategy for your church is falling through? Do you feel like your mission plans are on delay? Do you think that a big pause button has been hit and now your mission trips for 2020 had to be canceled? Now the mission trips for 2021 are being delayed so that we can see where things lead? Missions does not go on a hiatus. What if the pause button was never hit? 
What if instead of stopping missions, God is merely redirecting them? What if God is not wanting you and your church to go on yet another trip to Mexico to paint a, yet another wall for a school in Mexico City? Which is a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm saying, what if Mexico City has already heard the gospel so many times and God wants you to go to places that have not yet heard the good news of Jesus Christ? Yes, it's going to take sacrifice. Yes, you'll have to travel to areas that are not as beautiful as Puerto Rico, as the Dominican Republic, as Belize. Yes, you'll have to travel to locations that may not have diving options or a Holiday Inn or a McDonald's. You might find yourself going to Cairo in Egypt, which is open right now. You might feel that God is calling you to Jordan, which is on the border of Israel, which is open right now. God may be calling you to a country that you've never even heard of before, like Kyrgyzstan. You might have a problem opening up a map and not even know where Kyrgyzstan is on the map. But right now, Kyrgyzstan has officially opened up for tourism. It's, this is a landlocked Central Asian nation and it's dying to get more tourists like you. They want you to come and visit. Unlike Canada, unlike Switzerland, unlike the UK, they want you to come and visit. They have a growing adventure of in the travel sector, in ecotourism. And guys, they want to get it rolling. They can only do that with tourists. Kyrgyzstan is reporting very few cases right now of COVID-19. And it's true that it may not be that they have so few cases. It might be just that, who cares? They may not even test. But even if they don't test, don't let that, don't, don't let that keep you from going. There are so many opportunities to minister right now in Kyrgyzstan, especially with this brand new tourist sector. You don't need to have a ministry partner. You don't need to have some pastor that you're connected with. You could sign up right now today and take a trip riding horses in the plains. You could camp in a yurt. You could kayak down the river. You could enjoy the hot springs or go for a hike in the mountains. And there are a number of tour guides that are hungry for you to call them up, send them a message by email and say, Hey, I would like to arrange a tour with my family to go hiking in the mountains, to go horseback riding, to go sightseeing in Kyrgyzstan. There's beautiful areas to see in Kyrgyzstan. And the thing is, is that they have people groups that have never heard the gospel before. I'm going to say something that may be a little bit challenging for you. You might disagree with this. That's okay. Even if you do disagree with this, I want you to at least evaluate it enough to disagree with it with, with intelligence. Okay? What if you planning a vacation trip? a camping trip, a sightseeing trip. What if you being a tourist in Kyrgyzstan does more for bringing the gospel to people than you going to preach the gospel 
in Guatemala. What if I'm talking to somebody right now on this podcast that has traveled every year to Guatemala. You work with a missions group. They're doing amazing things. They're going into the mountains and they are preaching the gospel in small villages. And these villages, you know, are poor and you have a heart for them and you reach out to them and then you travel there. You connect with a mission organization that you're familiar with. Maybe it's a mission organization that your church has worked with for years. Maybe it's a mission organization that the missionary founder that founded the organization came from your home home church. Therefore, you have an ongoing relationship. So when you fly to Guatemala, you know exactly who's going to be at the airport and exactly who's going to be meeting you. You probably know where you're going to be spending the night. You know what you're going to be doing, and you're going to be going along a certain pattern that missionaries have followed for generations. And I'm telling you right now, that is necessary. I'm not downplaying it one second, but what if You could do more today by being a hiker in the mountains of Kyrgyzstan than being a preacher in Guatemala. What if you, crazy idea, but what if you could preach the gospel without wearing the label preacher, pastor, evangelist, deacon, elder? What if those titles were thrown away and you were just a lowly visitor, a tourist, sitting around a campfire at night with villagers in a nation that is mainly unreached. What if you could be sitting at a campfire after a long day's hike and your tour guide takes you into a village to spend the night. And the people that come and join you, the people that provide your food, the people that want to hear from you, the people that are super excited because they haven't seen a foreigner for a while. And you're the best entertainment that they've had in months. And you're in that setting. And you begin to share the gospel in just natural conversation. Not a prepared sermon. Not a written out message with keynotes and a PowerPoint presentation, but just one-on-one, -on -one, heart to heart. They're looking into your face and you're looking into them. What if that is the very first time they've ever heard the gospel? I want to do that for as long as I live. I want to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to people that have never heard it as many times as possible in my life. Kyrgyzstan can make that happen. Maybe you'd like to go for a hike in a place other than Kyrgyzstan. Maybe that's too far away. There are places that are closer like Nepal. You've probably heard of Nepal. Guys, you don't have to hike the Everest to be able to go to Nepal. You should come and join us. Right now we're doing this podcast, but soon after this podcast, we're going to be posting an article on Back to Jerusalem. Go to backjerusalem.com on a regular basis to find out our prayer trips. Right now we are looking at putting a prayer trip together to Nepal, possibly. We would love to take you with us. Maybe Bhutan. Maybe 
Nigeria. Maybe we go back to Dubai. This morning we were talking about doing a prayer trip to Burma. We would love to take you with us to Burma. Our prayer trips are a little bit different than other people around the world. Guys, there's one nation that will blow your socks off. One nation that wants you to visit them so bad, they're willing to pay you. There's one nation that has been closed to the gospel forever. And they will pay you $3,000 if you come to visit. You think I'm joking? You see, I believe that today God is doing a new thing and we need to be aware of what he's doing. We need to be able to open up our eyes and understand what Isaiah said when God spoke to him and said, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. What if God right now is making new springs spring forth? A way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Don't sit by the old wells waiting for water when those cisterns have dried up. God is doing a new thing, and there are nations that are willing to pay American tourists $3,000, kind of. Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan is one of those nations in, the, in, in Central Asia. And guys, this one, when it comes to unreached nations, might take the whole enchilada. If you're an American Christian, listen to this podcast right now and you're thinking about what can our church do for missions? What can I do for missions? How can I support missions for 2021? Well, all the mission trips are shutting down. All of our mission visions are being put on pause right now. That's absolute horse crap. It's not about putting it on pause. It's not about stopping anything. It's just changing. Do you not perceive the new thing that God is doing? Uzbekistan is practically begging you to go there. In fact, they're promising to compensate American tourists, cough, <coughs> missionary, up to $3,000 if they catch COVID-19. So if you go to Uzbekistan and you catch COVID-19 while you're on a trip in Uzbekistan, they will give you $3,000. When has a nation ever offered missionaries $3,000 if they get sick? When has a nation that has never heard the gospel ever in the history of man offered missionaries $3,000 if they come and visit and if they get sick? will pay for it. Uzbekistan lifted their ban on international flights last year in October. U.S. citizens, I'm not that familiar with other citizens from other countries, you'll have to look at it yourself, but U.S. citizens need a visa for entry and tourists have to go through health screenings on arrival, but it's clear they want you. Now, these nations, all of these nations that I mentioned, you're going to have to do your own research. And if you come with us and you join us on one of our prayer journeys, that's going to be in 2021 this year. We haven't stopped our mission trips. We haven't stopped our mission work. We're going stronger. We're doing more in more regions than we've ever done before, just differently. 
Behold, don't you perceive that God is doing a new thing? And he wants to do a new thing in your life as well. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Back to Jerusalem podcast. Again, I'm Eugene Bach, your host for this time. I'm coming to you live on delay from somewhere within the borders of Dubai. God bless.